0: Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Isn't that an odd question? Why do you suppose John the Baptist would send his disciples to Jesus to ask this question? Just a few chapters earlier in the Gospel, John knew without a single doubt that Jesus was the one. At Jesus' baptism, the heavens opened up and declared that Jesus was the chosen one. So why does John have to ask this now? Maybe Jesus didn't turn out the way he expected. Many in Israel expected a political or military savior who would lead them to freedom. Someone who would lead an insurrection against the occupying Roman armies. Jesus seemed to want to avoid that role even as the crowds pressured him to take it on. Maybe John is feeling the pain of his own imprisonment. Stuck in a pitiful cell, maybe he's starting to lose hope, knowing that his own death is approaching. Perhaps in his despair, he's looking for a clue that his life wasn't lived in vain. Some affirmation that despite his own fate, he was right all along and the Savior has come. Maybe John knows he's about to die, and so he wants to give his followers the chance to see that they really should be following Jesus now. So maybe the question wasn't for John himself or for Jesus, but was really intended for John's disciples. Maybe John is giving Jesus an out. Seeing that he's landed in jail, John is giving Jesus the opportunity to save himself, by saying that he isn't the one. They should look for somebody else. I suppose it's even possible that this is a temptation for Jesus, just as Peter tempted him to avoid his own death. Maybe, probably not. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? It's a question born of unfulfilled expectations, or pain, or despair, or resignation. The certainty that John had at Jesus' baptism is gone. And what remains is this question. So what answer does Jesus make? The question's too important to respond with a simple yes or no. No wasn't the right answer, first of all. But a simple yes might have had unintended consequences for Jesus. The crowds might have swept him up and declared him king. The Romans might toss him in prison, that's certainly what happened to John. So look at the answer that Jesus makes. Go back and report what you see and hear. The blind recover their sight, the handicapped walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to new life, and the poor have the good news preached to them. That's your answer. You'll know that the Savior is in your midst when people experience healing, when justice is established, and when people find new life. We need to keep asking this question about whether this Jesus is the one or whether we should wait for another. Not because I have any doubt that Jesus is the Savior, but because the question forces us to re-examine our expectations of who Jesus is. During those times when we're in crisis, or uncertain, or at a point of decision, we need to ask ourselves this question and consider the answers that we get. There are, as you know, lots of people selling a lot of different versions of the Savior. Some want to sell us the angry, vengeful Jesus who will come to smite the sinners of the world. Some might want to sell a sort of cosmic, pantheistic Jesus who hardly seems human. And then there are people like Jim Jones and David Koresh and Sung Myung Moon and so many others who will tell you that they themselves are the Savior. And to all of them, we can ask this question and look at the answers they give. If the sick aren't healed, if the broken aren't made whole, and the poor aren't given justice and look for another. This Advent season asks us to prepare for the coming of the Savior, to welcome him into our world and into our lives. Part of that preparation is revisiting our expectations of who it is we're awaiting. If we're preparing for the one who brings healing and justice and peace to the world, then we best prepare ourselves by opening ourselves to that healing, by removing obstacles to justice, and by making peace where we can. We are, as you probably know, about two weeks before Christmas, but there is still plenty of time to prepare for the coming of the Savior. And so in the midst of the final exams and social events and final exams and shopping and final exams, take an hour or two out of all of the preparations and the studying and everything else you've got to do, and prepare yourself. One way for us to do that this week is to reflect on this question of who it is we expect the Savior to be.